0: than i ever did you guys had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too man so keep up the good work but it's good to be with you and i'm ready to talk sports hello everybody and welcome in sports on chicago my name's John a great to have you here Today's edition of the program, it's a packed show today as we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh and his potential move to the Vikings, Alan Robinson being sabotaged by Matt Nagy, plus a brand-new interview as well with Dan Wiedever, the Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune and a contributor to ESPN 1000. We talk with him about the Matt Eberflus and Brian Foles hirings, what to expect from this team moving forward, and so much more. It's a great interview. That comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at Johns you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and sportstalkchicago.com. I want to start today with this. The past isn't the end-all be-all for judgment. That said, it does provide a pretty detailed snapshot of who you are, what you've done, and what your merits are. I want to read you this headline from Fansided. This was written three months ago, so pretty recent. Quote, Michigan fans are calling for Jim Harbaugh to be fired after blowing the Michigan State game. Some Michigan football fans want head coach Jim Harbaugh fired after collapsing down the stretch to little brother Michigan State in East Lansing on Saturday afternoon. So three months ago, Jim Harbaugh could have been fired. Of course, turned the season around, beat Ohio State, for the first time in frickin' eight years, and now all of a sudden, he's an NFL head coaching candidate. Explain that one to me. I don't understand the big deal about Jim Harbaugh potentially going to Minnesota, or even being in the NFL again. Oh, John, he's a winner. Had bangio. Had a great stamp. Had a decent enough quarterback at the time. By the way, screwed Alex Smith there have been reports suggesting that he's a fraud. A lot of players from that 49ers team came out later and said Jim really didn't know enough about football. Now, the Chicago Sports Media Circus wants to come out and say Jim Harbaugh's a better man, should have been hired, Matt Eberflus is bad, and the Bears didn't do a good enough search. Look, you know me. This organization, this team's a joke. We all know that. But I will not fault the Bears for not hiring Jim Harbaugh. Sorry. No, I don't care. That's the wrong attitude to have here. Does everybody understand that Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be fired two years ago? A year ago? Three months ago? Three months ago he was supposed to be fired. From college. Michigan. Couldn't beat Ohio State. Now, all of a sudden, great head coaching candidate. What the hell are the Bears doing? The guy couldn't win a big game in college. Never won a Super Bowl in the NFL either. Never won. Why is this such a big deal to people? Who cares? Let him go. Let Minnesota hire him. They'll realize right away that he's going to undermine their quarterback, probably displace Kirk Cousins, and they're not going to win. They're not going to win anything significant with Jim Harbaugh. Sorry. And I won't be triggered if he goes to Minnesota. Oh, my gosh, he went to the Vikings. I can't believe this. Did you really lose or win, Bears fan? We don't know yet. And it'd be stupid to say for a guy who's supposed to be fired multiple times. Oh, yeah, he's the one. Bears lost. No, they didn't. I really didn't even want to spend time talking about this, but it's just endless. The criticism and the berating... And the praise somehow for Jim Harbaugh when there shouldn't be. Have we all forgotten about what happened to him? Colin Kaepernick only worked for him for one year. The year they made it all the way to the Super Bowl and lost anyway. And he was fired. Remember, he was fired. Jim Harbaugh was fired. Goes to Michigan. Constant rumors about being fired. Constant. It never ended with Jim Harbaugh. Never. Always a problem at Michigan. Every single year. Fighting off rumors. Fighting off issues. Couldn't win. Couldn't beat Ohio State. (laughs) But no, it's okay. He's great. John, what are you talking about? All this success, his career record, 1945. Wow. Can't win the big game. Was going to be fired from Michigan. Michigan. Oh, my goodness. His alma mater wanted to fire him. Look at these numbers. He went 2-4 and four last year. I don't care if it's COVID shortened or not. That's horrible. 9-4, and 10-3, 8-5. and, three, eight and five. You're going to really sit here and convince me that this is good. He was fine at Stanford. Who'd he have? Andrew Luck. Went to the 49ers. Had Colin Kaepernick. Screwed Alex Smith didn't win anything significant, gone, comes to Michigan, has nothing and does nothing and can't beat Ohio State and was supposed to be fired. But now all of a sudden, he's going to work great in Minnesota and the Bears are stupid for not giving him an interview? No. See, people want this to be a good story. Oh, wow, Jim Harbaugh is back, former Bears quarterback. He's going to lead the team. Sure, that's nice, but I'm all about winning. I don't care about the story. (laughs) The story's always been nice, but the fact is the Bears don't win, and Jim Harbaugh wouldn't help them win. And for those who say he does, you're crazy, and you're wrong. I mean, I can't believe i got to sit here and talk about this, but it's been peddled so much by the media. Why didn't the Bears do this? They had to hire Harbaugh. No, they didn't. He was about to be fired. And in the bottom of the barrel. And look, it would have been fine if the Bears gave him an interview, but not the right choice. Not a good idea. I just can't get over the fact that people are begging for mediocrity here. You know? Begging. Please give me Jim Harbaugh. Can't win. Everybody praise Jim Harbaugh for such a great season. Got an article right here saying Michigan fans are calling for him to be fired. Three months ago. Now all of a sudden, competent head coach. Great coach. Sought after candidate. Give me a break. What, because he beat Ohio State? Couldn't win for six years. Beat him once. Now all of a sudden, he's an NFL-ready head coach, Super Bowl winner? The savior? Come on. Wrong. Wrong assessment. There's no need for the Bears to hire him, and you shouldn't be mad if Minnesota does. They didn't poach one of your guys. Okay, it didn't add up. Would not have worked here. Contrary to popular opinion, didn't work in San Francisco. Didn't work. Didn't win. And every single year since he's been in Michigan... There's been a report saying he should be fired. Or sources say he will be fired, close to being fired. Never was. It's his own mother. And we got to add things up here. Can't just be thinking, oh, hey, Jim Harbaugh, 49ers, Colin Kaepernick, great team. No. No. He's been on the verge of being fired for the past five years. Now all of a sudden, because of one good year, because they beat Ohio State once, big whoop. How many times have Michigan lost to Ohio State? Ohio State still has bragging rights. Justin Fields tore him up, Michigan. I mean, are we really going to go down that path? Dwayne Haskins, tore up Jim Harbaugh. JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, all of these quarterbacks who ended up being busts. We're going to sit here and say Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. Good idea. Bring him in. Supposed to be fired. Okay. For years. Get over it. I am so sick of people worried about what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Who gives a damn? Who gives a damn? What is he going to do? Not good enough. Wouldn't work for the Bears. Move on. Move on. Look, I know I wasn't a big fan of Eberflus to begin with, and I still want to see results from him before I fully come out and praise him, but I'll say this much, much better than Jim Harbaugh. Yes, much better than Jim Harbaugh. I don't want some guy to come in and probably damage Justin Fields because he's done it to Alex Smith. Not win anything significant, come in simply because, oh, he's a former Bear, and probably get fired sooner rather than later. I mean, it's a clear sign when you're being told that you might be fired for five great years, you really think, oh, yeah, he deserves a promotion. <laughs> you're at your job, and you're barely getting your numbers for five years. You really think your boss is going to come over and say, hey, you know what? You've been doing a great job. Forget about what I said before. You're going to be promoted. No, that's not how it works. The only reason he's even getting interviewed is because the GM in Minnesota, new Jim Harbaugh worked with him for one year in San Francisco. So if it wasn't for that sort of connection, Jim Harbaugh wouldn't be anywhere on the market. It was already proven. These rumors were so he could get a better contract at Michigan. That's it. So could we please stop with the Jim Harbaugh talk? You want to talk about it? Go to somebody else. Not going to hear it from me. Not a good coach. Never won anything significant. Always been in the hot seat. Can, can't even beat Ohio State. Can't. Won't. It would not be the right coach for this team. <laughs> now, want to get to this story. Didn't get to it earlier. There's been so much news about the Bears. And, hey, probably on purpose, right? Probably on purpose that the Bears went out and they hired their GM, hired their head coach, did all this celebratory press conferences, right? Because this story's pretty big. No one's going to talk about it. No one has talked about it, to my knowledge. I'm probably one of the only outlets who even cares about this story and this player, specifically. For those of you who've watched me for years, you know I've always cared about this player. And no, it's not Mitch Trubisky. It's Alan Robinson. He's always been mischaracterized. Always. This past year, great example. No effort? Really? Everybody said, oh, he's lazy, he's such a bum, you got to get rid of him. Well, how about this for a report? A few days ago, Robinson revealed Matt Nagy and the Bears head coach didn't meet with him following the conclusion of the 2020 season. situation apparently led to Robinson feeling like the team was moving on from him, which isn't exactly ideal. Hmm. Interesting. So, who's really to blame for his tough 2021 season? Hmm? I'll hang up and listen. I never once blamed Allen Robinson for what's been happening. I've supported him since day one because, mainly, he's a good wide receiver. Now, more than anything, he's a good player. The guy hauled in 100-plus catches with Mitch Strabisky and with the rotation of quarterbacks last season. Nobody does that. Every single wide receiver that you know in the NFL, with the exception of a few, rely on the quarterback. It's a quarterback and wide receiver connection. There are numerous guys who've had great years in the NFL because of their quarterback, not because of their skill set. Their quarterback, there's a connection. Look at Darnell Mooney. Look at Cole Komet. Kukumet's a bust, okay? He's a bust. But you know what? Got a lot of opportunities this year because Justin Fields preferred him. Darnell Mooney, Justin Fields preferred him. Alvin Robinson hurt. And now, as we know, here's proof, sabotaged. When I saw this report, I was so disgusted and appalled. I don't understand it either. And I gave him all the credit in the world. Alan Robinson deserves all the credit. All of it. Played all year. Didn't open his mouth. Was being sabotaged behind the scenes. Didn't say a word till the season ended. Not a drama queen. Played his heart out. And yes, you know what? I can understand why he didn't give maximum effort. You're not going to give your best if you're not wanted. You're not going to care if you're neglected. He was neglected. He was sabotaged. It's a joke. And I think, really, everybody should be apologizing to Robinson. And I saw the comments on Twitter. I was just shocked this year. He's a bum. He's horrible. Are you kidding me? 100-plus receptions past two years? Great signing by the Bears, free agency-wise. Overall, we're going to sit here and disparage a key part of this offense for what? I have no clue why Vance wasn't reported on, why nobody cared about it. It's Kind of a joke to me, you know? Same with the Mitch Trubisky thing. No, John, what are you talking about? It's old news. Well, you know what? It still deserves to be covered. Just because it's old news doesn't mean it means nothing. It's a further indictment on Matt Nagy, what he did to his players, why he should never be a coach again, and why Allen Robinson has been unfairly judged. Allen Robinson has been unfairly evaluated for the entirety of the 2021 season. He wasn't wanted. He was neglected. Wasn't used. Didn't play a lot. Not his fault. The ball never went to him. And don't sit here and tell me, oh, no separation, didn't try hard. Do you see the report? That Nagy blew him off. Some coach, huh? What a great coach. And it's such a shame for Robinson. I feel like it's all been done on purpose, truthfully. I mean, think about it. Comes out, supposed to have a big payday. Doesn't play, doesn't get any opportunities, and now it's over. And that's how it ends for him here. And now we know it was Matt Nagy pulling the strings. Why is there no outrage about this? You know, I've never seen fan base and media just so flippant, not caring about situations like this. Now, if this was New York or Philadelphia, oh, my goodness, this would be talked about for weeks, weeks. And here, oh, who cares? Move on. Stop living in the past. No. We're going to talk about this. It's a joke. The fact that Allen Robinson, a top-tier wide receiver, was treated like this is a scam. And he shouldn't stay here. Go. Find an organization that cares about you. Find somewhere you're going to be treated nicely. Like you matter. Not here. No way. Go. I don't even want him to come back. Stick it up to the Bears. Stick it up their butt. Go somewhere else and kill it. And show everybody you're not washed, because you're not. Alan Robinson is not washed up. This was a smear campaign. Not his fault. Why am I so passionate about this? Because he did so much for this team. That's why I care. Think about what he's done. What he's done the past couple of years besides last year. Think about 2018, 2019, 2020. What Alan Robinson accomplished with this team. Historic stuff. Thousand yard seasons. Hundred plus catches. Say what you want about Mitch Trubisky. If you think Mitch Trubisky's a bust. Allen Robinson still put up great numbers with Mitch Trubisky, with Nick Foles, when Chase Daniels started. Didn't rely on his quarterback to succeed. He just went out and did it because he's that good. And that's the thanks you get. Being blown off at the end of the year for a pretty important meeting. And this year, getting no opportunities. Hmm, I wonder why. That's weird. But no, we're going to sit here and call him a bum, right? We're going to sit here and blame him, say he's not shown any effort, and that he's the real problem. Give me a break. Allen Robinson was never a problem. Goes to show you his character, too. Never brought this up till the time was right. Didn't want to be a distraction. Didn't want to cause problems for this team. Wanted to keep quiet and help them win. Shows he's a team, team player. Team guy. Loves his team. I mean, this whole story shows character. The whole story shows who Alan Robinson is as a person. He has great character. Outstanding character. To keep quiet about this, to put the team first, to receive all this criticism from fans, people who praised him a year ago to turn on him, and he said nothing, kept quiet, didn't say a word until now. That's amazing discipline on his part. I've never seen that sort of discipline before. Never. Just a word of wisdom. Always think twice before you criticize. There's always two sides to every story, too. Unfortunately, we didn't know Alan Robinson's side until now. But if you watched me for the whole season, you knew something was up. I knew something was up. It was obvious. He was being sabotaged. He was being screwed. How does a guy go from 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles to 300, 400 with everybody's favorite phenom rookie quarterback? If anything, Justin Fields should be relying on Allen Robinson like Mitch Trubisky did. You knew something was up, and now we know. It was a hit job. The whole point of it was to try and probably hurt his value in free agency, which is ridiculous. We know the point of it. It's a joke. It's wrong. This shows who Matt Nagy truly is. If Matt Nagy ever gets another head coaching job, I'm going to be irate. I'm actually going to be sad for the fan base who inherits him. I'll make a video about it, too, and I'll rant and rant for days because all this stuff has been shown. Sabotage Mitch. Sabotaged Robinson. I mean, what kind of a person do you have to be? You know, everybody said he was a nice guy, seemed like a nice guy. And why the hell are you screwing two of your players? You know, football's a camaraderie, right? 53 guys on a roster, all together, all the time. Wouldn't you want the best for each one of your players? And you know, I had an old coach in baseball when I played. He always said, You guys are my kids. You're not just my players, or you're not my first baseman or my pitcher. You're all my kids. I want what's best for all of you. That's how it should be, right? But no, we had petty grudges. We had blowing off meetings. And we had two guys who are somewhat talented, Robinson more so than even Trubisky, or dissatisfied, and they're probably going to be gone. That's a problem. Nobody cares. Nobody does. And I'm sure I'll see a couple of comments on this video saying, why do you care now, John? It's all in the past. Move on. Be excited about Eberflus and polls. I could still be excited, or cautiously optimistic, while calling out this bad behavior. What happened to Allen Robinson was injustice and was a joke. I'm surprised he's not suing the NFL, or Matt Nagy, at least. He was sabotaged. Proof right here, sabotaged. Had a great 2020 season with a rotation of quarterbacks, mind you. End of the year, wants to meet with his coach, talk about the next season, talk about future plans, blown off. And here's the worst part. Everybody has the audacity to say he's a bum, not trying, bad effort, get him out of here. Everybody wants Allen Robinson out of town now based on 2021 when, in fact, he was sabotaged. That doesn't sit right with me. He's a great wide receiver. Proven it time and time again. Not his fault wasn't used. He wasn't used. Wasn't cared about. Neglected. I'm just so disappointed in how this worked out for him. I wish him all the best. I hope he finds a team that cares about him. But it's a real pain that he had to go through this too. So nope. mark that another win. Draw the W. For this program we knew it and those of you some of you agreed with me too when I made videos about this throughout the year that's Matt Nagy strike two sabotages his quarterback now a wide receivers top wide receiver and many people wonder why his offense didn't work well when you're sabotaging your two weapons your top two weapons and your supposed offensive guru yeah not gonna work the right guy got fired for sure but Mitch Trubisky's gone and Alvin Robinson's gonna be run out of town too So everybody's a victim for Matt Nagy acting like an ass. That doesn't sit right with me. More to come here at Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Dan Wiederer comes up next, so stay tuned. Chicago. Here we John Zaglula and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's the Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune and a contributor to ESPN 1000. Please welcome Dan Wieter to the
1: program. Dan, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good, John. We got to the end of the, the, the biggest searches. The Bears are obviously <laughs> still filling out their front office and their coaching staffs, but the, the two big ones are done, so doing much better now. What was your reaction to both those hirings? Look, I mean, you have a first-time general manager pairing with a first-time coach, and it's a a leap of faith, right? And you're also turning over the offense to Luke Getze, a first-time coordinator who is a first-time play caller, right? So there's going to be a lot that the Bears are going to have to to learn through a a trial and error phase in the early stages. And so I think a lot of this in a world that's set up for sort of instant verdicts is a wait-and-see, let's-see kind of scenario for the Bears. And we're going to just have to see how the leadership of Ryan Poles as the general manager and Matt Eberflus as the head coach takes root And just how quickly they can sort of get a plan together. And really, John, I think a lot of this is about having a realistic plan, right? And I think some of the benefit of bringing in these two guys fresh together at the same time is they can take clean eyes to all of the things that are going on with the roster, the depth chart, the things at House Hall, and start to view it with an objectivity that, that is needed at this point.
0: Were they your preferences based on the candidates we knew about?
1: You know, personally, I probably would have leaned toward now. I've said a lot through the early stages of the the, the search process that I'm fine hiring a defensive-minded head coach or a special teams-minded head coach or somebody if you believe in their leadership ability and their ability to take over the entirety of the football team and lead it with a style that resonates and brings out the best in both sides of the ball. Given where Justin is at in his stage of development, I would have preferred to spend a little more time digging deeper with some of the offensive-minded candidates, whether that meant hiring them or not, the finalist list of Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, and Matt Eberflus didn't have a lot of 2022 offensive-minded <laughs> background to it, right? And so, so there's a little bit of that at the end of the search where you say, boy, I'm going to scratch my head on that until we see the results. Obviously, the New York Giants hire Brian Dable up in New York. That's the guy that the Bears talked to in their initial wave of head coaching interviews, and we're going to have to see what he does with Daniel Jones right I think there was a lot of people in Chicago that said man wouldn't it be cool to take a guy like Dable and pair him with a guy like Justin Fields given the rise that we've seen with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills over the last four years and see where that would have gone that obviously didn't happen and so we'll see where they go from here
0: why do you think they didn't hire Dable I mean he was a favorite for throughout the season too I mean we've heard his name a lot throughout the year why do you think at the end of the day he wasn't hired
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there are multiple layers to that question that we're going to have to dig on a little bit in the months to come. We're going to have to get a little bit better feel for for where Ryan Poles' head was at as he went into this coaching search, really basically got to the end of his coaching search less than 48 hours after he was hired as the general manager. So he obviously had a very strong feeling within him about who Matt Eberfuss was. He said on Monday that as soon as they got in the room together, he felt the connection and that really resonated with him. But it is worth asking, why not Brian Dable, given all the things that we've talked about. Now, maybe Brian Dable was going to follow Joe Shane to New York all along, and that that was a a, a familiarity that felt good to the both of them. But still, the Bears, again, had him in for an initial interview over Zoom in the first phase and didn't bring him back for an in-person interview. In fact, they didn't bring back Nathaniel Hackett either, who ended up being the head coach in in, in Denver with an offensive background. And so you you do have to ask yourself, with some of these offensive-minded coaches, listen, we're going to have a lot of new head coaches in the league in 2022 and for years to come it is more than fair to compare all of them side by side right along with Matt Eberflus to say these guys were on the menu at the time you hired a new coach this is the guy you went to but how does it compare against all these other guys that were available
0: is the Jim Harbaugh situation concerning
1: well listen if Jim Harbaugh winds up in the NFC North and if Jim Harbaugh winds up coaching the Minnesota Vikings and potentially bringing Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, that's great theater, right? And it's great, uh, you know, just a subplot to all of this that, that leads you to ask the questions on, okay, what was the, the, the roadblock there for either side? Maybe Jim Harbaugh had a roadblock. Maybe the Bears had a roadblock. Who knows what that was? But if he winds up in the division that you're in, and obviously we know what his track record was in San Francisco, it certainly is concerning, right, that you're going to have to compete against that at a time where the division seems like it's opening wide. And so we're just going to have to keep that on the radar for a couple of years as well. Dan Wiedever
0: here on Sports Talk Chicago. Dan, are you convinced that the Bears are going to take the North and never give it back? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Am I convinced? No, because I've, I've been through nine seasons here, John, and they, 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 they've they given it back many, many times, right? They Just have not seen sustained success. I think we've talked before on this program. They haven't had three consecutive winning seasons since 1988. That is a long way back now. And so this is a, a very steep climb and a heavy lift for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. I like their ambition. I like their vision. I like what they're trying to sell here. I just need to see it to believe it because I've been through too much following this organization, covering this organization to know that that that's not necessarily been in their DNA for the last 30 years.
0: Was that too bold a claim? Like should polls have even said that? I mean, people are going to hold them to that now. They're going to think about that later.
1: You know, no, I think it's just one of those pep rally moments that naturally springs up in these introductory news conferences. I think for a, a segment of the fan base, it was a a yeah moment you know you feel like let's go let's go play this sunday let's 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 put this to the test right away i think to your point if, if the bears are stuck in this seven and ten eight and nine world two or three years from now it's going to become a point that gets mocked a lot what about taking the north and never giving it back ryan you know it just hasn't happened and so he'll he'll have to live with that but i i think that's just one of those things that comes up in these introduced introductory news conferences that that is is meant to kind of stir up the fans. And I think for a segment, it was one of those moments. That's like, yeah, let's go do this. I like where your head's at.
0: You were at the press conference on Monday. what do you make of the whole thing?
1: You know, it's unfortunate that I've been through so many of these, right. And that George <laughs> McCaskey and his time as chairman has been through so many of these, you know, you go back to Phil Emery and then Mark Tressman and then Ryan Pace and then John Fox and then Matt Nagy, And here we are again with these two guys, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles at the day. And you say, man, there's just, A routine to this that is too familiar. I just finished my ninth season covering the team. As I mentioned, I just met my fourth head coach. That's too many head coaches to be involved with (laughs) in that amount of time, right? Since 2013, September, when I jumped on the beat. And so you say, boy, they really got to figure out a way to put off the next one of these introductory news conferences for a long time. There's just been too many of them. Because of that, I think there was a a feeling in the room where it was, I, I maybe would use the word fatigue. Uh, But whatever it was, it it just the enthusiasm and the energy didn't seem to be where it was when we've gone through some of these other introductory news conferences that that I've mentioned, because we've just done it so many times. And I think the city of Chicago shares the feeling that, all right, you know, let's just see the results before we get too excited and too enthusiastic about these new hires, because there's a lot to prove for an organization that hasn't proven a lot for a long time.
0: How to compare to... Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, when, when they were introduced, when they were hired, how'd this one compare to that?
1: Yeah, it was different because I think at that time, Ryan Pace had been on the job for three years, right? And Ryan Pace had had learned and brought himself to a stage where he was ready to pounce. Ryan Pace, the previous year, had drafted a quarterback number two overall, and there was a feeling like, okay, now we've just got to get Mitch paired with the right guy. And so there was, in that moment, this 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 excitement that drummed up. To no fault of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberfluses, they unfortunately inherit the dynamic of people going, well, it didn't work four years ago when we brought in the new coach to take Mitch to the next level. So there's going to be some natural skepticism and cynicism from the outside about what you can get done here. Listen, they've got to put together a plan for Justin Fields going forward. And so I think that's going to really fall heavily on the shoulders of Matt Eberflus, And then obviously by extension, Luke Getze, his his you know offensive overseer, who's going to have to bring Justin the levels that Justin wants to get to. I did think it was notable that we heard from Justin Fields on Monday, right? That he sat at that dais after Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and George McCaskey answered questions and talked about being excited for a clean slate and a fresh start and trying to reboot himself after what was obviously a very frustrating rookie season in, in you know five or six different ways.
0: What is the plan for Justin Fields? What should they be doing or prioritizing in his second year?
1: Well, listen, you're bringing in a coordinator who comes from that Kyle Shanahan tree. And so you know what that offense looks like. You know what the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offense can look like and what that can do for a quarterback like Justin, who has the traits, right, to be able to get out on the edge, to use play action, to use some of the boot game and and bring himself to the next level. I think you heard from Ryan Poles on Monday that they want to, first and foremost, identify Justin's biggest strengths and accentuate those. Then they'll identify the weaknesses and put together a plan to, to, to address those and make those become uh, improved areas in Justin's game. But it starts with figuring out what he does best and making sure you pair that with what Luke gets. wants to do offensively and make sure that all of that at all times is built around what Justin does best and what can take this offense to the highest levels. Let's see where we go. Hopefully we'll get to hear from Luke gets, you know, before the summer and get a better feel for what his vision is and what his scouting report on Justin is. Cause I think that's important to know how he sees the quarterback before we start talking about the offense that he's going to put together for the quarterback.
0: How do you evaluate fields? I mean, I don't think many people expected seven touchdowns, 10 picks in his rookie year.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously a passer rating around 73, they had the fumbling issues. It was a very uneven rookie season. I think probably the most frustrating thing is you had that Monday night moment in Pittsburgh, right? And Justin Fields leads that fourth quarter rally and everyone in the building felt like that was the arrival, that that was the moment that Justin was going to hit the springboard in his rookie season and and head forth. Well, then they had the bye week, and then he came back from the bye week and he injured his ribs against the Ravens. And then he came back from the injured ribs and he injured his ankles. And then when he had the the, the, the very last opportunity in week 18 to play one more game against the Minnesota Vikings, he tests positive for COVID and is ruled out for that game. And so it was an interrupted final two months of Justin Fields' rookie season that left us with what you said, seven touchdown passes, and, you know, I think 15 turnovers. And, and, and it just wasn't good enough to make you feel like, yes, we can rubber stamp this as 100%, no doubt, franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears for the next five to eight years. So now Justin's got a lot to answer in year two. I think he's eager to answer those questions. I think he's eager to get to work. But there are a lot of question marks that will follow him in to the 2022 regular season.
0: What do you think is a realistic expectation for this year, like what should he be aiming for?
1: I think we need to feel like on Sundays when we're watching Chicago bears football, that the offense looks like the rest of the league looks right. We can't think of scoring 24 points as some monumental achievement, right? It's not like teams in this league score North of 24 all the time. And so it has to look like it's an NFL offense in 2022. And so the eye test is going to be very important to see if Justin is understanding what he's seeing from opposing defenses, if he's recognizing how to use his strengths within the offense if He's able to make plays that are on script and continue to make plays off script, which he has the ability to do. And so I think it's all just about seeing the progress with our eyes and feeling like, boy, you've got a quarterback that looks more comfortable and who is bringing the guys around him to a higher level. Right. I think if you go back and look at, at, at 2021, you say, boy, there's too many guys that didn't reach the potential that we know they have starts with Allen Robinson fall off. You know, he may not be back going forward. Cole Komet, he's got to go to the next level. Darnell Mooney obviously took another good step in his second season, but these these core playmakers on offense have to look like they're playing better well, you know, b- along with Justin because of Justin, right? And that's got to be something that we measure as well.
0: I find the Robinson situation really interesting. Do you blame Robinson? Do you blame Justin Fields, this offense, Matt Nagy? Who, who's to blame for what happened this year?
1: Yeah. Shared responsibility. I, I don't think that the offense put him in the, the greatest positions to succeed. He obviously had interruptions himself with some injuries and COVID and all those things that came along with a, a, a rocky 2021 season. I think what's sad is the bears had one of their better free agent hits with Allen Robinson, who joined the team in 2018 and showed that he was a guy who could catch a hundred balls for you, who could get 1200 yards in the season could be that number one receiver in your offense. And now it looks like they're going to go their separate ways. Who knows how Ryan Poles views this? I think if you listen to anything on Monday, there was an emphasis on speed and explosion. Those aren't necessarily the adjectives that you attach to Alan Robinson's game. He's a guy that has done a lot in this league for multiple quarterbacks and multiple teams with his skill set. But if you're hell bent on bringing in more explosion, more speed, and sort of rebooting this thing at a time where it needs to be rebooted, I'm not sure Allen Robinson fits in your plans. And so, again, kind of a sad way to close the book on what was a promising uh, uh, tenure in Chicago up until September of 2021.
0: Who do you think fits those plans?
1: Fits the, 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 the speed and explosion plans. Look, I mean, you're talking about Darnell Mooney being really the only core piece in the receiving core that is under contract to be back in 2022. So I think the answer to that question is going to come in free agency. I think it's going to come in the draft. And I think Ryan Poles is going to have the, Feel like he has a good understanding for what the long-term plan needs to be I think you heard some realism from Iberflus and polls on Monday and saying like everberflu said this is 2022 is about pouring the, the the concrete right and getting the foundation established and so it wasn't this this brash promise of we're going to compete we're gonna you know this year we're going to be in uh, a contender for the most meaningful things that, that are in the NFL and so now with that, you may not be able to address all the things you want to address in the acquisition cycle of 2022 because you understand that you're trying to build a sustainable winner. And so some of these, these holes may not be filled until 2023, right, when, when you've had a, a more draft capital, when you've got your salary cap back in the spot where it needs to be. And now you can go and make some calculated decisions instead of just some, some really need-based decisions just to fill out a depth chart so you can practice in training camp.
0: What is an expectation for the Bears this year? You know, a lot of people have said they should be a fringe playoff team. They have the roster, but where do you gauge where they should be?
1: This is my, my issue with with trying to overstate how close they are. The goal should not be to contend for the number seven seed and the wild card in the NFC, right? We saw how that went in 2020, and that, that, that's got to be a cautionary tale for everyone in that building at House Hall. That season was as frustrating of a season as, as a lot of people have experienced around here. So don't prop that up. Don't hang the banner for the playoff berth in 2020. No one enjoyed that season, not the players, not the coaches, not the fans, not anyone in the front office. So don't think that that's the bar you're trying to clear. The bar you're trying to clear is what we've talked about. It's building yourself into what the Kansas city chiefs have been during Ryan Poles' time in Kansas city. And it's a team that makes the playoffs every single year. It's a team that for the last four years has been playing on conference Championship Sunday, Every single year has gone to two Super Bowls and won one. So raise the bar, and in order to raise the bar, you have to not sort of tempt yourself to take shortcuts. And Ryan Poles talked about that on Monday. Like we can't think that we're so close, and, and then you you try to take a shortcut, and you get this one flash season, and then it's followed by three years of mediocrity. The goal is to set yourself up to sustain it year after year after year. And so I'm not necessarily setting expectations for the 2022 Bears to 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 win nine or ten games and sneak in the back door of the playoffs. It's to if you're seven and 10 and you're eight and nine, but you're establishing core pieces and Justin's going to the next level and the young playmakers you have are going to the next level, that's fine because then that positions you for 2023 to maybe start that run of sustained success, right? And let's just keep using those words over and over, sustained success, because that's been the 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 the, the goal that the Bears have not been able to get to. They're constantly running through the minefield, the mines blow up, and they're back at, at the starting line as they are here now again with a new general manager, a new coach, a new front office, a new coaching staff. That's
0: how you're going to evaluate them, right? When, when you look back at Paul's and plus in a couple of years, it's going to be sustained success that's going to determine how good they did.
1: No question. Matt Nagy was the NFL coach of the year. <laughs> Three years ago, he's at the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? In February of 2019, he's accepting the coach of the year honors after winning 12 games and taking the Bears to a division championship. And we all thought at that time, boy, this looks like a promising window that's opening for the Bears to be in this hunt contending for a Super Bowl you know for the next several years in a row it didn't happen right that they fell off lost more than they won over the last 3 years had to reboot the whole thing and so yes sustained success has to be the measure for these guys and and it's okay if it starts out uh you know and it's not 12 and 4 and is 7 and 10 instead and, and and but you see um that that you're putting things together that can be sustained and and we'll see where they take that
0: you mentioned Matt Nagy. wanted to ask you about a couple of reports that came out about Mitch Trubisky, uh blowing him off at the end of the 2020 season. And now Alan Robinson's come out and said the same thing. What's your reaction to those two reports?
1: Yeah, I think this is just kind of the byproduct of losing, right? And and things go south. And they go south that in ways that, that the team can keep under wraps while it's happening. And then it goes south in ways that when a new start begins, you know, people start talking and sharing their experiences and their frustrations about why it went south. And so I think it's all illuminating that, that this did not sort of build the momentum that 2018 should have provided. And, and that when the offense started to struggle there, the disconnect sort of came in a little bit. And so that's, it's something that all coaches and all general managers have to figure out a way to deal with. I give the bears credit for, for limiting the melodrama and this dysfunction to the level they did, but that's not the end goal, right? The goal is to win football games and do so in a way that gives everyone the belief that you're the leader that's going to take this thing to the next level. And so that's that's now Matt Eberflus's challenge to avoid some of those potholes that Matt Nagy couldn't. Would you say Matt Eberflus is going to be a good leader of men? You know, the the scouting reports you hear from people who have coached with him and people who have played for him are positive, right, that, that he has a way of connecting, that he has a way of setting a standard that also is accompanied by accountability, right? It's one thing to set a standard. And then it's another thing to make sure that your guys are meeting that standard. And if they're not, they're punished for it, or they're called out for it, or other guys who are meeting the standard are propped up and said, these are the models of what we're trying to do here. Matt Eberflus has all those qualities. Over time, we're going to have to see how he does in this head coaching chair. He told us Monday, look, he's going to hand off play calling duties of defense to his coordinator. That gives him more opportunity to move around to be present in offensive meetings, to be able to to be a resource for his offensive players and coaches. We'll see where he goes with that. I think you certainly like some of the things you've heard from Matt Eberflutes and about Matt Eberflutes. And now, again, going back to the start of what we talked about, first timers have to learn how to do this on a new stage. And as you know, Chicago is a different stage than Indianapolis, than Kansas City. And so you better be prepared for what comes with that you know, more intense spotlight as well.
0: Yeah, Dan, you're going to hold him accountable. For to come with Dan Wiedeber. In just a moment, stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Dan Wiedeber here on Sports Talk Chicago. Dan, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, Jeff Dickerson, how'd you react to his passing?
1: Yeah, very sad, sad, sad moment for me, John, and and Jeff is a guy that that I went to college with back at the University of Illinois in the late 90s, and so we've known each other for more than two decades, right? Obviously became a lot closer when we got on the Bears beat when I came back to Chicago in 2013, and Jeff's positivity, his perspective, his ability to balance a very uh, demanding job with some of the things he went through in his personal life, obviously losing his wife to cancer a few years before he himself fought his own battle with cancer and handling all that with the grace, the positivity, the energy, the loyalty to his friends. It's something that you heard all throughout the, 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 the days after he passed, that was so ever present with everyone who had a relationship with Jeff. You felt his energy and his positivity and his loyalty and his ability to, to pick you up. Even at times when probably he was the one that, that needed to be picked up more with everything he was dealing with. And so tremendously sad. I was very pleased that we were able to name the good guy award that the pro football writers association, Chicago chapter gives out to to players uh, in the Chicago bears organization that, 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 best sort of exemplify the, the camaraderie and the spirit between, you know, team and media. And to, to rename that, the Jeff Dickerson, good guy award was, was cool because there's no better guy Jeff Dickerson and so to have his name attached to that's going to be fun going forward.
0: What will you remember best about him?
1: The positivity. I mean, the positivity. I mean, John, this is a guy who lost his wife to cancer and then with a, a young son is battling his own fight with colon cancer, which spread to his liver and then ultimately took his life. And yet no one who was around him in 2021 ever felt those down days from Jeff. He was always full of optimism and energy and, and belief that he had the strength and, and conviction to fight it. And it's a lesson for all of us as we go about our, our, our daily lives and try to keep our own issues in perspective, that there's there's just something uplifting about someone who can attack the most serious and, and, and just deep issues that you can find in life and do it with such positivity and grace. I remind myself of it every morning that, listen, like you got to dig deep and you got to find that positive energy within you and do what JD would have done.
0: And Dan, before we finish up today, last question, what's the most memorable moment you shared with JD?
1: So I, I, I'm going to give you two because they, okay. they, they they kind of contrast one another. We had dinner, uh, Jeff, myself, and, and Rich Campbell at the Versace Mansion in Miami before the Bears played the Dolphins in 2018. It was just a really kind of lavish dinner, drank a lot of wine together, had a really good night, and just really soaked in the camaraderie of that. Jeff was also a big fan of going to the Hibachi Grill at the mall in Burbank during training camp. So you cannot have two bigger <laughs> contrasts than the Versace Mansion and the Hibachi Grill at the mall in Burbank. And to be able to have the same amount of fun in those two venues tells you a lot about the company you're sharing, right? And so I, I, I always bring that up because it just it tells you kind of that it's about the the, pe- the the people you're with and the spirit of the people you're with more than the environment you're in because you can have fun anywhere you go, and that's certainly one that I like to share.
0: Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on. Best wishes covering this new regime. Hopefully it gets a bit better, but always appreciate
1: your time. We're inside of four weeks before the combine starts, John. So, you know, there's not much time to catch our breath. We're going to be right back at it before we know it. Great talk there with Dan Wiederer. and that'll do it for us today here on
0: Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Dan Wiederer himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim DeTalb, and Tomorrow Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluo. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show comes you by tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! There are the turtles!